What's up, family? I am Corindiana Lane, and I do worship. And I am Nazinga Benton, and I do therapy. And together, this is Worship and Therapy. We always, because it's super important, give our disclaimers. As an international worship leader, a parent, a spouse, a friend, and a regular person like everyone else, it's tough to find a place where you can kick back, let your hair down, and just be heard. So we created a platform that focuses on mental health advocacy for not only Christians, but also African-American communities, where we discuss the really tough issues that we all deal with in life. And now, Nzinga will give her disclaimer. I am a licensed professional counselor. However, I am not your counselor, and this does not replace you going to counseling. The things I discuss are things I've researched, things I've experienced, and my personal opinions on the matter. Now, with that being said, let's get into this week's episode. Our topic tonight, suicide. It, this is a much needed, very necessary conversation, very tough conversation to have, um, especially just in light of, it's, it's just a going around, like I've just been seeing it so much, um, especially just in social media. Um, I know Nazinga has encountered it a few times just in one week, you know what I mean? And her line of work is, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's very prevalent um, and things that she actually has to either um, you know, deal with family that has, you know, walked through this or actually talk somebody out of this. You know what I'm saying? Um, so this has been just heavy on my heart, you know, uh, especially since I saw uh, Regina King's son, that son, uh, Regina King's son um, taking his life uh, recently. And I don't know, man, it was just, uh, for some reason, I just, I read it and I was just very grieved. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Like, I know, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's just because it's the season that I'm in or the space that I'm in. I, I've, you know, I've seen certain things before on social media and just kind of keep it moving, you know, like, ah, oh, man, it sucks, you know, and just keep it moving because that's what most of us do. You know, when we see certain things, we're just like, ah, oh, man, we put an emoji, prayer hands. We may pray mm-hmm. right there, like, Father God, cover them in Jesus' name. And then we move on to a funny video. You know what I mean? So it's like, I didn't. For some reason, when I saw that, it just struck me. I don't know. It really did. And I was just like, it grieved. It, it really grieved me. And um, I had, you know, reached out to Nazinga about uh, the topic for this week. And I was like, man, we need to, we need to talk about this. Like, we need to, like, discuss this. We need to see what, like, people are feeling. Because we are in a, we're already in a very sensitive time in this, in our lives, in this society, that, there's so many things happening and we're triggered by so many things and people are like wilding out, you know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're, they're having trouble and, you know, in, in, in just their mind and their health and their, their wellness of just everyday life. Like just getting through the day now, it just seems like, gosh, you know, it's a struggle, man. We're trying to, you know, get through the day, especially, you know, people who are believers, you know, they believe God and they be like, I don't think I've ever, you know, I don't think I've ever had to say so many times to the father, like, Lord, what is happening? You know what I mean? Like what is going on in our world? Like what's happening in our land? Like we are the sons and the daughters of this land. You know what I mean? And I feel like we just don't have a grip, 
and can't catch a grip on what's happening, you know? So I wanted to talk about um, just this topic because the topic of suicide to me, like we discussed in our, um, in our previous, in our pre, um, what do we call it? Pre plant, pre, Pre-planning. Pre-conversation <laughs> uh, pre uh, to the show, uh, we talked about that. It's, it's so many mixed emotions surrounding it. Like there's a, you know, there's a, there's a mixed emotion. Like, you know, you got people who wonder how the heck can someone do that, you know? And then you have, you know, other people that are those like, you know, especially for the believer community, you feel like they're going to hell. You know what I'm saying? Like just stuff like that, you know, you just like, you, then you feel there's a compassion because you like you feel like this compassion, and me saying that doesn't mean that's what I believe. I don't believe people mm -hmm. who commit suicide are going to hell. I'm sorry <laughs> if I said that. I'm just saying that those are the mixed emotions. Want to be mm -hmm. clear? They're like, wait, Karina said no. That's not. I don't believe that at all. Yeah. Like no. Um, but because there's so many mixed emotions behind it, I think that's why it's such a you know, the topic, people don't want to touch it. They don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's great for them. And, you know, and just they don't even want to say it at the home going, you know, it's like the transition, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, like that type of thing. So it's just become so taboo. So such mixed emotions, such ignorance um, surrounding it as well. And as we talked in our conversation that there's so many layers that are involved you know what i mean like like layer upon layer i think some of the uh let me see some of the um uh things that i wrote down like there's just like this fine line with it you know there's judgment um attack mm -hmm. you know um there's um it's it's hard to break through the barriers like once you get to that to that point it's hard to to break through that barrier of like okay how do I talk a person down? You know, how do I, you know, if you were to encounter this or encounter someone, because like you were telling tell me in our pre-conversation that there's there's lots of signs that are, you know, that, that people can look out for and you don't even realize that, you know, you've heard the person say that, you know, mm -hmm. Before, you know, because you, especially if you're attached to somebody and you know of someone who's done it and usually your first mind is like, wait, but hold on, but they seemed very... You know what I mean? When there's an actual aura, you know, or, uh, you know, if we're sensitive uh, to it and not just, oh, you know, you are, you know, that type mm -hmm. of thing, you know? Um, so mm -hmm. I want to just talk to you just like from an inquiry place of um, like, how does one, I guess, know what it is that we're looking for like what how do i you know how do i know what the signs are how can a person know like if they were in or they know that they have loved ones that are dealing with some heavy stuff you know some heavy mm -hmm. um how do we know what the signs are when we feel like this person may be you know, considering it, or this person may be thinking about, like, I don't know, you know, like, I, I don't know, is it really forthright? Is it really, like, straightforward? Like, help us. It's a lot. <laughs> Look, help, help me. Help, help. help me. Um, it is loaded, just like that question, like, how you're trying to fi even figure out, like, how to even ask it, because, like, what are the signs? Are there signs? There are, like, researchable scientific signs that exist. Mm -hmm. 
I will say this. Um, anybody who's in the mental health field can tell you there are a lot of things from the Western point of view, Westernized standard and points of view um, that are written. And then there are things that we see, especially in our cultural and under culture and understanding. And sometimes not even culture as it relates to our um, race, like just even in our like social cultures that are, that are different. So here's some of the signs and I see um, Tawana put in here withdrawn isolation. Those are some telltale you will. Um, but here's the thing. Here's where you have to be careful because everyone who's withdrawn and everyone who isolates are not having suicidal ideations. Mm -hmm. there's that um oftentimes even when we when you um what i shared with corinne when we look in the news or when we hear of someone or when we know someone personally oftentimes you hear these these words i had no clue he seemed so happy mm. she seemed so happy i had no clue and you hear those words from family members and from friends so you can look at isolation. You can look at depression. Those are some of those telltale signs. They're not absolute, but those are some signs. Some of the subtle things that you may not pay attention to is they start giving away possessions. Hmm. Here is, you know, this is a ring that my great-great-grandmother gave me, and I want you to have it. And it's just like they start giving away those things that are valuable because hmm. they want to make sure they give them to people, right? So you'll see little hmm. things like that. And that, that is written too in some of, you know, when you look up and research. Um, but that's something that I've seen, I actually have experienced and seen and witnessed where people start giving away things. Um, one thing that thing I've noticed, sometimes people are overly encouraging and pushing of others, almost like, I'm not going to do much. You're going to do it all. So I'm going to pour all of myself into you. Here again, these are not signs that are just isolated to people who experience them. They must have suicidal ideations. But oftentimes, people who have suicidal ideations experience, you'll see these behaviors. Um, and when I think about withdrawing and isolation, it's, it's to the point, it's not just withdrawing and isolating, because some people are just introverts and they like to be that way, right? But when it's a level of comfort and or a shift, oftentimes it's a shift. People who were once always outgoing, and even if they're introverts, but they still, you know, will talk to people. And then all, now all of a sudden, the introvert is extra introverted, right? They're not going anywhere. It's those things, those things that are more, you know, kind of the hyper of the mm -hmm. baseline. So if the baseline is I don't really talk to anybody. I don't go out because I like to, you know, stay around. Now I'm not doing, I'm not talking. Like I'm not even going to check the mail. I'm not going, like they're so into themselves. Mm. So it's that. You'll see that severe isolation, that severe disconnect from people. They don't enjoy things that they once enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So if you know they absolutely love going to the movies and now all of a sudden they hate going to the movies. Mm. right or they don't want to go to the movies like oh no I'm just gonna say like the things that you oh you love mom's cooking you always come over for mom's cooking now it's like no I don't, no I don't want to go over there no I don't want so when you see those kind of extreme you know exchanges or differences in what you know and so what's important too is that we know the baseline of our family and friends right um and so when you know the baseline and whenever there's a shift in the baseline not, not that it's always suicidal ideation, but something is going on when there's a shift in the baseline. Um, so when what, you, what is their norm, what you've been seeing for years and years and years, all of a sudden, you know, mm -hmm. hyper, like always wanting to be around, 
you know, those are signs and those are just signs even for just your mental health to look out for. Here again, it may not necessarily mean suicidal ideations, um, increased use of substances, drinking a lot, smoking a lot. You know, some people have addictions already, right? But when there becomes like this, someone who may take a drink every now and then, you know, and now every time you call, they're like, girl, yeah, you know, I had to um, come home. I wasn't feeling, I'm, those people at work frustrated me. I, I had to take me, and every day that's that same conversation. And here, here's the thing, while that may not mean suicidal ideation what it does mean is hey there's a red flag something's going on and here is that flip side of what substance can do to the mental health is ex extreme use of substance now and alcoholism can take us to hmm. that space where we may not have been there we may have just been maybe borderline depressed or just having some things but now because it's altering so it's altering mm -hmm. me. And now I'm in this altered state. And so it is a downer when we think about alcohol. Like, so now it's taking me further down this rabbit hole. And now with the excessive drinking, I can begin mm -hmm. to have suicidal ideations. I want to just say this because this is not necessarily a sign. I spoke about this on one of our episodes. We have to be careful about the medication that we take. Mm -hmm. Because there are medications, some not even related to behavior health. I was placed on a medication, and I shared this in a previous show, that part one of the side effects was suicidal ideations. Mm. I experienced it while being on the medication. Mm. And not to the point, because I've never been somebody who wanted to you know, take my life, but it was this thought of, hmm, what if I just drive off this cliff? And I was like, whoa, where did that come from? Mm. That was from taking a medication for a medical reason. And I didn't honestly, and I usually always do my due diligence and read side effects before I take anything. And I didn't. And I've always been, my family members, many of us opposed to medication, um, unless we absolutely have to, right? Um, but it's that. So be mindful. And I'm not telling people, stop your medication. <laughs> Right. I am telling you to become, make sure that you become knowledgeable right. and educated about the things that are going in your body and even foods. Like I ain't going to go on the long tangent because at some point we are going to have some MDs on here. Yep. But there's some stuff in some of the food. Red dye is a culprit for a whole bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. We have to be careful even about that. So even in talking about suicide and, and us going you know, and going back to what you said, it's loaded. It is a loaded subject. And there's so many things yeah. that can impact and influence it. Um, but yeah, those are like just some of the signs. You know, one of the biggest things I say, you know, your family members and your friends base. Yeah. Kind of watch, kind of watch if they're overly one way or the other. Okay. Those are some signs of nothing else that something is going on. It may not necessarily mean suicidal ideations, but a lot of times they are not far behind and another thing one of the things that we look for and of course I would definitely say seek professional don't try to do this on your own um, but we're asking for suicidal ideations and then we're also asking if there's a plan or intent because mm -hmm. that's when we kind of get into okay we got to do something ideations are one thing because that means you're just kind of thinking about it I can think about maybe I'm a, you know, go here, go there. I'm thinking about it. I haven't really made any concrete plans about it, but I'm thinking about it. So I need to be, we need to be mindful because thought usually, what follows thought is planning, right? And intent. 
but we that's at least that's a stage where it's a little easier and i'll just say easier not easy to kind of help pull pull in and reel in but once we start talking about plan and intent Mm. now we need to call somebody because when you have a plan you figured out this is how i'm gonna do it right this is when you know what y'all we know what a plan is when i plan something right (laughs) i'm I'm thinking i'm writing out okay this is how this is just like when you plan you've already you've already seen the end goal you just walk you're just walking up towards it as you put the you know saying put the steps in, in place yeah yeah and i see there is a question too um, I can't see all of it though for whatever reason. Uh, it says, uh, uh, do you continue to persevere when you have seen when you have been shunned because of a loved one, because of what a loved one has done, the most hideous act of violence because she mm-hmm. suffered from schizophrenia, severe depression. So basically, she's saying, do you do you continue to persevere when you have when you have been shunned because of a loved one? because of what a loved one has done. Mm. And if they've done the most hideous act of violence uh, because they suffered from schizophrenia and severe depression. So that's a loaded question too. Uh, <laughs> and I, w- I always say for our own sake, and let me just be clear about this. We persevere for our own sake. Mm-hmm. My, my answer will probably always be Yes. How now? How do? That's when you do things like get a therapist. You know, get some people to you know get some arsenal, some tools in your your bag to kind of process and go through and learn and you know grow and all of that. But do you? Yes. Do you persevere? You do. Um, and and one of the things that I'm big on with clients, and I've shared many many times on this platform, is this one day at a time. It's a step at a time. I don't care. You know, I always am amazed. And amazed is I know a big word, but I use it when people call me and want us in seeking support because I'm like, this is amazing. Like you are going through all of these things, and you still took the time to find somebody to seek support for yourself. You took the time to persevere, right? And so. Yes, you do. You do continue because you do it for you. And I want to be clear on that because we're not doing oftentimes when I think even back to the beginning, when we talked about the, how loaded suicide is and how, you know, how our thoughts and our views and we are so, you know, I've seen some comments even here. It's a lot of times it stems those thoughts and those ideas outside of all those things I talk about medicine, this, that, and the third, but a lot of it stems from us being quiet. Yeah from a lot of our experiences and us being quiet about it and we're holding it in. And if you don't handle it, it always handles you. Oh. We have a choice. Either I'm going to handle my stuff or my stuff is going to handle me because it's going to get handled. Somebody's going to get handled. One way or the other. One way or the other. And so we've been carrying things and, and, you know, you talked about, um, so, Kaya talked about someone being, you know, schizophrenic, like mm-hmm. we don't or having, you know, um, suffering from schizophrenia we don't um we shun those people we don't mm-hmm. you know and even like me making a statement those people which is unfair but we shun people 
who have diagnoses or who have lifestyles that are different from ours. Mm -hmm. And we put them in the back and we put them in the closet and we act like it didn't happen. Or, mm -hmm. And then we shun the people who may have been impacted by them. And those things build up in us and it builds, it, it um, leans into our emotions. Right. And so it's so, I mean, when I tell you, even in our conversation, we were talking, like, it's so no right, no wrong, you know, and some people, it's important to even own that some people who do um, die by suicide are dealing with things beyond their intellectual control because they are suffering from a mental illness. Right, right. And we need to start, we've talked about this before, we, we put physical illnesses, you know, cancer, heart attack, strokes, we put those on this, this certain place or in a certain bucket and we don't equate mental health to it. And they are very, some, just like these people, that there are people, many of us who have physical ailments beyond our control. Right. People have mental health ailments beyond their control. Now, when we start talking about the power of God, that's a different story. And we, but even you have to be in your right mind to know, to have a conversation and say, God heal, God help. Right. And we got to give people grace to understand that some people are not in their right frame of mind. Right. And it's been years of it. So some people are so far gone because we put them in the closet and put them in the corner when they were 12 and did something or when they were 17 and did something or when they were six and said something versus seeking support. Right. And so now those, you know, we will see people who are far beyond what in our modern science will say is saving. Mm, right. And we have to own that. But everyone who dies by suicide is not someone who said, oh, my life is so horrible. Oh, I can't. Oh, so let me take it. Um, and there are some in that category. And then there are some who they're, they are mentally ill. Mm -hmm. And, they, and they, that's the only way they know out. Or they don't even kind of really grasp what they're doing sometimes it's just i don't want to be here whatever it means to not be here that's what i want mm. oh that means picking up this knife and taking my life okay cool because i don't want to be here like it's that mm -hmm. and and i'm not even doing it a great service because i'm not sat in that seat right. i'm going off what i believe what i've studied and what i've experienced but that's a place i believe you know and i, I love talking to people who've had suicide ideations who had suicide attempts I've talked to somebody even last week who a few years ago um, had an attempt, like a literal, legit let attempt, but, you know, thankfully survived it. Um, so I'll, that's how I learn because I'll ask questions, but we have to take the, the taboo and the labels and the, I don't want to talk about it or something is wrong with you. It's important mm -hmm. that we take that off. Right. It is so unfair to humankind right. when we treat them differently because we are all one cuckoo away from being cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I'm going to get it put on a shirt. I've been saying it for years. <laughs> we are all one cuckoo away. Like it, and, and, and I say that just to say it could be you any day. Right. We can do all it because you just never, in, from the foods, the medicine, the, just the environment, 
we don't know what mixes and causes and results in some of the mental illnesses that we see. Everything is not a secret and a, something in the closet. And it is so layered. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jenny said, people judge so much these days on the mental health illness. It's sad. It is, man. It's like, I, but I feel like that is, is the problem that's been going on thus far. And I think that's why it's gotten to the point where you're starting to see more platforms uh, created uh, to speak out and speak about it because it's always been so shunned or so judged or so, you know, just shamed, really. It's almost like the audacity for you to <laughs> have a mental illness, you know? Um, and that's just crazy, especially when this world is surrounded by trauma and everything that, you know, we've encountered is so many things that are deemed trauma, that are traumas that aren't deemed trauma or traumatic, you know? That. Like, you know, like that's, that. that's a part two is everything things have been so dumbed down or so like, ah, oh, you just, you're all right. Oh, you survived it. You know, you are, you turned out all right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. From some people's childhoods, you know, that because it is on a case by case basis, I believe that maybe a kid who got whooped all their lives, you know, with a belt, maybe they're, all, you know, maybe they're all right. But then there may be another child who, who you whooped them and they're messed up because of it. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, oh, tormented by it you know made to feel that you know they're not loved because we're all created differently we're very unique in our in our makeup so and and i mean i learned that even just with parenting that you don't parent your kids the same you don't mm. treat them the same because they're not the same people they're just not you know what i mean like and i i had to learn that you know like of just trying to like like dang that okay so no, you know, and whooping one kid, you know, they may take it like, all right, cool. You know, I remember, uh, I remember I whooped uh, one of my kids and it was, she shrugged it off like it was like, nah, all right. so I was like, oh, okay, interesting. You know what I'm saying? Like, not faced, you know, and then mm -hmm. they have another one that you pop them once and they're like, never doing it again, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So, oh, it's it's so many different um uh, it's but I think when you don't recognize that in the beginning you could be doing one thing to a child because that's what you did to the last child or that's what was done to you mm -hmm. and you just you know passing it down because you you weren't really taught nothing else or and you you could be doing very uh, a traumatic uh damage to your child you know what I mean just by ignorance and and not you know not paying attention to um to just how your kids respond to just punishment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Correcting or whatever. Like that, even that, that just taking in that point of how you deal with your children differently goes a long way because they're not the same people. There's, I have three kids. There are three different personalities. Three different humans that the Lord brought to this earth that are be doing three different things. You know what I mean? So how they think, their psyche, how they what they respond to, what they don't respond to is all different. So it's mm -hmm. like you can't tell me that each and every person that that have mental health issues isn't step, you know, you can't say one person's case is the same as the other. It's not. Because everybody gonna respond to certain things differently. Like somebody can be like, oh, that wasn't a reason to take your life. And then the other person, like, yeah, it was, you know, like. 
you know, you can't, how can you really determine that? Because we're, we're literally created differently and we take in information differently and we put it out differently. Yep. So you can't really say what's traumatic to somebody and what isn't. There's that. And I think what's unfair to the victim, and I call them victims because they are, um, sometimes victims to their own trappings, inner trappings. But what's unfair is in any seat, in any setting to say, that's not a reason mm. to take your life. Right. That is, and even to the survivors, that is unfair mm -hmm. to say, well, that ain't a reason. Well, you know, that it's so unfair yeah. to say, you know, because that's almost like saying to, and this is really touchy, but I know we're in a touchy space tonight. That's like saying to the woman where if she hadn't dressed that way, right. he wouldn't have taken advantage. Right. We cannot, it is so unfair mm -hmm. to re-victimize the victim. Mm. By saying what we think is good enough right. and or bad enough because I can somebody could lose a parent or a loved one and it devastates their world. Right. And someone else, while it's devastating, maybe their toolkit is a little bit more packed, so their ability to handle it is different. Right. And so what we'll do is sit in the judgment seat. Well, I lost somebody and I feel like that, so I don't even understand. Like, it is not that deep. We don't have that right. Right. And we sit in that seat often, and oftentimes that seat happens to have happens to be smack dab in the middle of the church. Mm -hmm. Where we think we're judging jury to say why someone shouldn't have done, experienced, or felt a ways. Yeah. And that is one of, I think, the biggest hurts that a lot of people experience specifically in the church. Yeah. And that just shows our lack of knowledge as it relates to mental health. Yeah. Is our, our sitting in the seat of judgment saying what we feel was good enough, bad enough, or they shouldn't cry over this. Sometimes it's not even extreme as suicide. Sometimes it's just, we may say things like, I mean, well, it ain't that bad. She just was all over the floor. Well, I don't know why she was doing that. We would do that. And we mm -hmm. have to be very careful that we don't negate that we all are humans experiencing life. Yeah. And that in any, any moment and in any day, something can throw us all off. Mm. And so that, like, I hear that often. And I know you were saying, like, giving an example and talking, but it, when you said it, it triggered in me the thought and the, the um, like, just remembering and having heard yeah. people make comments. And we don't, we have to be careful about who's around us. Mm -hmm. Because now we have impressionable children and other adults and humans who are going through and you go, why that ain't. And now they feel worse about their situation because they're feeling very similar. And you just said to them, not even because we don't pay attention. We're reckless yeah. oftentimes with our words and our feelings because yeah. we think it's okay that I can just throw up my feelings all over you. But if I don't want, if I don't want a physical regurgitation on, on me, I, I don't want your words like that on me either. Yeah. Um, another sidebar but that's something we have to be careful of and so we'll just say things and we don't wreck sometimes we don't the audience is human right so the audience has feelings right and so when you say i mean i've been in rooms where people have said things about people who did a certain thing or felt a certain way and i felt the same like i agree with the person that they're talking about but they're talking to me about the person mm. and i'm like you're talking about me wow 
and you don't even know it. Like, I mean, it's too much. It don't take all of it. I don't know why they're doing it. And I'm just like, that's me. Wow. And we have to be mindful because we do, we're traumatizing to each other. Yeah. Often because of our recklessness with our words. And it, and it still, don't get me wrong, people make, well, not even always. I can't even say people make decisions because when you're dealing with mental health and challenges with mental health, many people don't have, I shared a story with you um, early in my career. Um, there was a young lady who I didn't know, but I worked for an agency. She was a client of the agency who swore up and down I was somebody that I was not. Mm-hmm. and literally chased me around the building mm. and was ready to take my life because to her. So I've seen someone look at me and I'm telling them I am not whomever. And she's like, yes, you are. And the more I tried to say I wasn't, the more she got agitated because then she felt I was trying to, you know, get out of whatever it is that this person owed and needed to do for her. So I had to just be quiet and wait to, I can't remember, somebody ended up coming to calm her because I'm, I'm brand new, right? I'm mm-hmm. early in this. And I've, so I've seen that. I've yeah. seen people, and that has happened more than once now since I've been doing this. So it's unfair yeah. to say people know better. Yeah. And they should, and they should, because when folks are in certain manic states and in certain states, you're not dealing with that person anymore mm. who you are, but you're not dealing with them in the manner that you think you should be able to, or that you, if those of you who know them, that you once were able to. Yeah. It's even almost like if you have aging parents or have experienced parents and loved ones go through dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, I've happened to have experienced that multiple times. Um, it's that same, like the mind is such a bizarre. Yeah. It, I mean, it sure. is oh my gosh yeah it is a phenomenon because it is so many things that we don't know about it so many things that we're learning about it and so we just have to be i I want if nothing else us to understand we have to be careful with our words yeah um because oftentimes we're reckless and i don't necessarily think we're intentionally so yeah um but we we are reckless with our words and they was they can impact someone who is a dealing with mental and behavioral health challenges who knows someone or just just even as a human just deal with them because it's something about that doesn't sit well with them so we have to be very 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 careful especially on this subject which you know we've talked about how necessary it is but how challenging it is to have this conversation yeah t says uh when you have these children eight nine ten years old committing suicide because of bullying and feeling neglected yeah i mean that goes back to just we can't say what is traumatic to someone you know what i mean you know you you may think uh, a person you know uh, calling you ugly every day or saying you know just talking about you um every day you like well shoot i went through that i'm good but somebody else their their psyche is not built like you you know and something like that or you got you know freaking being chased or being you know them feeling threatened or feeling just i don't want to go to school or i don't you know because and then that turns into something else inside of them we don't who are we to say what's they can handle or what they can't Mm -hmm. 
It's just, you know, yep. of us making sure that we're sensitive to to those things, you know, sensitive that, you know, if a child or your child comes up to you and says they're feeling away at school or they're being, you know, bullied at school, it's not a conversation of, girl, you, all you got to do is, you, you, you almost got to come from a therapeutic space, you know, concerning it of just like, okay, well, you know, what do you feel about that, you know? How, how does that, you know, does that make you feel a way? If it does, what what is it that's, what, how does it make you feel? And really take the time to actually hear the person or hear the child communicate that out to you instead of you just, you talking to them once it's exposed to you when you just, you gotta, and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you are, are you are good, you good? All right, go to bed, you know, or something like that instead of, stop take the time sit down here listen to it through so that you can address whatever it is so that you can't empower from a place and that you can speak to a thing or that you can give them even to tools of you know if this you know you see this happen or if this is happening to you you go you talk to somebody you tell the teacher mm -hmm. or you tell the teacher you tell the principal if they you know if they're not you know doing something or, or you just get involved right away you know what i mean you call it hey my child said da 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 you know, so it's not just this thing that's being perpetuated and having an open uh, environment in your home for your kids to even feel comfortable to come up to you mm -hmm. and say X, Y, Z, you know, that you're even open and approachable enough and that you, you know, aren't busy or you, you know, you got too much going on that they're just like, yeah, don't know when I'll talk to mom about it, you know, um, <laughs> to the point you know, where they feel isolated and they feel alone. Like, yeah, they're out of and this is too much i can't you know and it's already we talked about before we are not designed to carry the cares of this world we're not even made that way like the lord told us at cast your cares upon me because i care for you so the fact that if you think about an eight nine-year-old carrying that feeling of disparity that feeling of afraid you know what i'm saying scared somebody's gonna harm me you know or hurt me every day can you imagine having to carry that at such a young age when you haven't even processed how to really articulate or even know who you are enough to even say someone is strong enough to do that you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. so it's like who are we to say that that it's not traumatic for someone, a eight, a nine, a ten year old, to feel like, yeah, I don't want to be here. That's that's just another thing, man. That's another. That's a. That's a which I think going going to your your point earlier to kind of even blend the two about treating your children differently, like understanding that they are different, three different humans. We have to as adults, and sometimes we may not be the parents of these children because sometimes the parents may actually be perpetuators of the trauma. Um, but when we hear these children, and sometimes we as innocent parents and, and aunts and uncles can be perpetuators of the trauma because when we hear children say what well, they were talking about me, I've heard this so many times in our community. Don't let nobody talk about you. If they talk about you, you say something bad. If they hit you, you hit them back. Mm -hmm. We don't hear them, right? We hear enough to respond to, versus dealing with the feelings, right. we start, we deal with action, which is why we raise children who do not know how to feel and they become a fear, 
feel-less, feel-less adults. Right. Because we don't, when they, boys, it doesn't even matter. And oftentimes, of course, it happens with our, you know, brown boys where they're taught to be, you got to be macho and this and that. And, you know, don't nobody scare you. You can't, well, no, if they're scared, they're scared. Mm-hmm. And so let's let's process those feelings of fear. Right. Let's process what that feels like. And don't get me wrong, I guess parents, you know, you're not therapists, so you're like, I can't process, but you can sit and talk to them about it. Yeah. Right. You 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 have many, hopefully, <laughs> parents, you know, you have that ability to sit and talk and say and even seek guidance of how do I talk to my child about things like that? I have a bunch of resources about um specifically for talking to children and teenagers. Um but yeah, how, you know, you sit and have that conversation and you say like, okay, well, what, what, is, what is actually happening in school? What are they saying? Yeah. And how does that make you feel? And what can I do to support you? Mm. Um, and it's that, because what we'll say is, you're gonna be, I'm going to make a man out of you. I'll make a woman out of you. You're going to go and you're going to take it. Every child doesn't have the ability to take it. Right. And that is unfair. And so we begin the trauma oftentimes in our ignorance and innocence. Yeah. And we have to be, we have to hear the human in our children, mm-hmm. not the child in our children, because the child, we, we think of been, them being childish because they are children. So they're not as matured as we think they, you know, as we would like for them to be. So we push it aside as childlike, mm-hmm. but they are human. And if a human says to me, I am afraid, mm-hmm. I am being bullied, I am scared. I am nervous. I don't feel good. I owe it to them to pause and to investigate that feeling. And how can I support them in that feeling versus disregarding it? So we have to be very, very careful um, because we end up raising children who have no fear Mm. um, or who don't know how to, let me not say that because we have all these feelings. They do not know how to feel and act upon like understand what to do with that fear so sometimes that fear becomes I'll carry a weapon and if anybody's come to me because I don't take no junk I don't care who you are mm-hmm. and it becomes you know like in the news there's a shootout because two adults can't get can't figure something out or whatever get into it and a six-month-old innocent child ends up dying that's what it becomes yeah because we started as children who were not allowed and given permission to feel Fear, afraid, mm-hmm. scared, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. hurt, bullied. Yeah, it was like, nope, you're not gonna be a bull. Bu- you're not gonna be bullied. You're gonna be the bully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be very careful, even starting with our children. And not here again. This is not to say that all children who die by suicide and or adults who die by suicide were children who no one listened to. I'm not making one or the saying it has to be this. But I also, but I am saying we have to be mindful of the role that we play and how we can support right. to potentially prevent. What preventative measures can we put in place now with our young children, yep. with our you know young adults, with our adults, aging adults? What things can we be mindful here? Do and be mindful of because even we do it with our girlfriends and our boyfriends and our friends and when we're talking, you know, like girl, I can't believe she said that. That really hurt. That hurt your feelings. God, that didn't hurt your feelings. You know, people, what do, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. I've had people, people talk about me all the time. So, yeah. girl, you feel right. Yeah. Or here's the church line. Girl, they talk about Jesus. So, you know, they're going <laughs> to talk about you. You feel right. Go on, girl. Like, and we don't realize how we do. We 
dismissed as adults. We dismiss feelings. Yeah. When someone says they feel them, we dismiss feelings. We do not realize how we have done that. Yeah. We do not allow people to sit with, to own, yeah. to embrace, so that they can start processing and deal with it. Yeah. yeah I so sometimes for many, suicide is, is a solution. Because I can't, I don't even understand feelings and how to. And so for some, it's the solution. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, that makes sense. Because that means that not being taught to feel, you know, or work through your feelings or talk through your feelings, you know, at a young age. And that means you get older and you're kind of that same, that same way, that same person. Um, and then I, I think also about just piggyback, piggybacking off of um what you talked about just with talking to your kids and how we, and how parents respond because a lot of times the parents could respond because they're triggered by it. Mm -hmm. So when, when the kid comes to you and they're talking about being bullied, that triggers something in you. You know what I mean? Because maybe you were bullied. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You. And maybe you're like, this is your payback. You're going to get payback through your kid, you through your child, you know? Like, you know, that type of thing because that's a, that's a real thing. And that like like we talked about before, it's like that begets that begets that. It's a domino effect. So if I'm not in a space or dealing with my stuff or figuring out how to feel and deal with my life, I'm thereby gonna pass that to my to my kid and not and then they'll become that person, you know, that doesn't know how to deal and process um and they're feeling their emotion because they're always getting um you know uh, dismissed by way of uh uh you're going to do this because mm -hmm. this is how you overcome that, you know, I, instead of hearing them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hearing them out and it processing it out, talking it through. Well, how does that make you feel? Well, what do you feel? You know, what do you think of that? So if, you know, and then, you know, if, especially if you are a believer and, you know, and you love the Lord and you know, the word and the things that we um, are able to, speak to our kids about, you know, with certain things like, you know, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, you know, or you have, you know, God has assigned angels that are around you that protect you from all sides. Like, you know, nothing can by any means harm you. Like all those like types of things that once you've, you've, uh, you've opened up the, the lines, you know, you, you've taken the, the lines that may have been closed and with fear and, just not understand, not understood or whatever, and you open the lines up by, you know, peeling it out, combing it out step by step, however long it takes. Now you can then by pour in the things and the word and stuff that will begin to take root. Because if we're not, if we're just kind of throwing, you know, the word just in a, in a space of lack of understanding or afraid or, you know, all these things, it's almost like, in, ear, in one ear and out the other. You know what I mean? Like, does it really take root? No, I'm still scared. You know, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, that type of thing. Like, we have to get to the point where we talk enough. I'll say that. But we talk about a thing enough to where I'm no longer afraid of it or in fear to hear about it, to talk about it. Because sometimes when we get triggered by things, we tend to retreat mm -hmm. and run away from it, you know, because it's like, oh, wait, I don't really know how to process that. I don't know how to process those feelings. I don't know how to, you know, I, I don't want to talk about it. And that's mental health in itself. 
Nobody wants to talk about freaking panic attacks, depression, suicidal ideations. No one wants to talk about those things. They just don't because it's like, uh, I kind of don't understand it. I kind of, you know, I kind of do, or maybe I know people who have dealt with it and I don't understand them. So I just, mm -hmm. I'm not going to just talk about it. Deal with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's what we've, you know, what we've come to. And it's sad. Like that's just, a, it's sad. It's sad. And I, and I, only, you know what? <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, I only can speak from a perspective of being on in a, being in a space and having walked through breaking you know what i'm saying having to walk through breaking from society breaking from reality and not having a grip on my mind on my mindset you know what i mean like where it just does what it wants to do and that's like the mo like I, I i want i think i was telling i was telling my husband or whatever but i was like man i have a, a newfound respect for people and just a, another level of compassion for people mm -hmm. who are walking through the schizophrenic and the, you know, bipolar or the manic, uh, uh, manic states, because your mind is really like legit, very, very deep <laughs> in its creation. You know what I mean? Like it's so very bizarre to even try to wrap our, our finite minds around how it does what it does, how it takes in information, how it holds things, how it, you know, when once it's kind of in disarray, it just kicks things out, just almost like misfires, you know what I mean? Of not being, um, you know, like, I guess if I could give an example of like, you know, the spinal cord communicates, you know what I'm saying? To the brain, the brain communicates to the, you know, to the body to move the arm. It says, lift the arm up. All right, put the arm down. All right? So it's like, can you imagine if that communication is no longer communicating and it tells it to do something else? You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm -hmm. wait, what? You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm used to this. Not like, wait, were you just freaking out of control like that's it's a profound thing that most can't really explain what's happening and that's why it probably seems very crazy or that you probably should be in a mental uh, institution because it's hard for you to even articulate what's happening you just seem crazy and you look crazy and you talk crazy so it only leads to one thing is you crazy you know what i mean but really most of it is I can't really articulate what's happening enough for you to even, I guess, believe me or enough for you to be alarmed, enough to see what's going on instead of like, I don't know how to handle this. You go to in this room and let me just medicate you up and straight jacket you up type of thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like this fine line, because it can go. It's just a fine line, man. It can go so far just from not being met at the door of just being sensitive. It can take it further into another realm mm -hmm. that I don't think anybody intended to be. 
I agree. And I think, so I think of it a couple, I think of a couple of things um, from what you said. One thing, just to piggyback off that right now with the mind, I think we are created to always try to autocorrect. Mm. And just like I want to think about our cell phones, when we try to, when we type something, autocorrect has a list of things that it assumes we are trying to say. Right. And it will change a word and it will change the whole meaning and it'll make the sentence look like gibberish. Right. But it's trying to correct and it's overly doing it right and so I think that's oftentimes what happens in the mind there is this this um attempt to autocorrect but something has been missing you know um be it some experience that they've had be it some you know just misfire from just the biological makeup but it's there's this desire to autocorrect and to do things right and and it starts doing things out of order but it's trying to get back. Um, I believe that. And that, like I said, that's me. I just believe that that's what happens often. And we will dismiss it. And we will say things like, oh, they're looking crazy. They're acting crazy. They must be crazy. Versus changing our vocabulary and say they look different. Hmm. They're acting different for me. So I wonder, is something going on? Or, because it could be us too, like, because you know there's a saying common sense isn't common and because I, I want us to be sensitive too to to behavior health that oftentimes some people just like um back to the texting example some people text different ways so they speak different languages right some people will say send a text um my dad for instance is one of the most interesting texters ever he used to like take all vowels out of all words and so, because I think he thought that was shorthand. And we were like, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. So we would read, and I'm like, can somebody, let me ask my sister, do you know what daddy just said? Because I don't know, right? But to him, it makes sense because he knows what message he's trying to deliver. Right, right. We have to be careful, just like I would say, hey, is there an interpreter in the building? Because this man is speaking in tongue on text. Can somebody tell me what this says? It would be fair to the people to find an interpreter, be it a counselor, you know, so social worker, account, psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever, to help us, help them, help us understand one another. Right. Who can help me to interpret versus me just assuming that you're not making any sense? Right, right. Because there's that. And what I, when you were talking earlier about, you know, with children and our interaction, and even, you know, as with adults, with humans, period. I started thinking, my mind went to the phrase that we often use in the church, generational curse. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, this has been passed down from generation to generation. And, you know, I bind this curse. And, you know, we hear those prayers and things. But as you was talking and I started realizing how we act and treat people, I was like, we are generation and we are cursing. Mm. Yeah. We are generation. And we are cursing. Now we cussing too, but we are cursing. We are doing things and making statements like, I don't know what's wrong with her. We are saying to our children, don't, uh, don't you let nobody um, bully you. That's, that's not what we do in this family. No, we, and we're doing it in the name of love and we're doing it in the name of I'm teaching my child to stand up for him or herself, but we're not teaching them how to feel. And we are generation and we are cursing. Mm. 
So all the prayers that we pray about, all the things that the mama, big mama, great grandmama, granddaddy, and I, you know, we are not going to have that in our family. Right. You know, because they were passive. And saying, we're going to not, we're not going to let people get over on us. Mm. Hello, generation. Hello, curse. Mm-hmm. Meet each other. Because now what I am planting the seed of is, you know, we of aggression. Yeah. So now here comes aggression. And so here's the cycle with generations. Because then aggression becomes old and realize, and so then aggression's children say, uh, our parents was aggressive, they got in trouble all the time, we just gonna lay low, we're gonna keep a low profile, we're not gonna bother anybody, we're gonna stay. Okay, aggression now meets passive. Mm-hmm. Passive meet generation, generation meet curse. Mm-hmm. We continue the cycle ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't sit and talk about and just feel and it you know what it hurts this hurts i am hurt i am frustrated i am overwhelmed we don't oftentimes make room for those feelings yeah and so we bottle the good the bad the ugly or we are over you know we we are exercise our rights overly and i can be as aggressive as i want to be and you just have to get over it because this is just who i am because this is who my daddy was this is who my granddaddy was and this is just how we are in our family we just that and I, I don't think we take it because we look at generational curse as this big monstrous, yeah, you know, satanic. Oh, the devil is just. I've said it many, 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 many times on many, many platforms. He doesn't have to do a whole lot of work because we do a good job. Mm-hmm. And if we would sit and have conversation, yeah, we would sit and allow to have conversation like we are about suicide yeah about behavioral health um and you know mental health challenges that exist in the world and within ourselves if we would start having more conversation the bible said we perish for the lack of knowledge right we perish my people perish for the lack of knowledge because we don't know right we are dying daily mm-hmm be it at the hands of ourselves, our and even and I look at oftentimes with the young child and even the adult who carries the gun and has no problem shooting someone else, oftentimes have no problem shooting themselves because where they are mentally. Right. There was an article, and I think I shared on this platform before years ago, and I keep saying I need I want to go and find it again that I read that talked about the life expectancy of our young boys. Mm-hmm. At the time, and it's been, I know it's been probably 10 years ago. It was like 21 or 22. Mm. So that's their life expectancy. Hear me well. Life does not matter. Right. So if I'm 18 and I think I'm going to die at 21, 22, I don't care about taking yours, mine, anybody. Because, I mean, if I make it past 22, I've, I've done well. Right. When you think about long life, like I think about, I want to, you know, I have an uncle who's 102. Mm-hmm. So I think about, like, I want to be, you know, and he still drives. <laughs> but when I think about those things, you know, I think about yeah. wanting to be, a, so I'm watchful what I eat, yeah, where I go, what I do. And so we have to think about that, like, generationally if our children are are not feeling that they have a, a lengthy life anyway yeah and with the weight of the world and a lot of things happen between covid and between social injustice and between, between political injustice our children now it's not even just the, the children who are 
living in the streets and talking street life. It's not even them. Yeah. Just them now. It's it's some of our children who live in, you know, suburbia, who live, who parents have money and who live. They're like, it's so much happening. We're not going to make it. Right. So they don't see themselves living beyond. And sometimes for people, suicide is the answer. Yeah. Because they're like, you know what? This world going to hell in the handbasket. Let me go on and get up out of here because I ain't even got time. Mm-hmm. Like we have to really be, it's layered here again. Layered. Back to I think the comment you made, it is so, it is so layered. Yeah. And we just have to start talking about it more and talking about, I'm grateful we even have this platform to talk about um, mental health. Yeah. And what it, you know, what it looks like. And we still have never given a definitive definition because I don't think you can. Um but it's, I look at, I put mental health and behavioral health in, in the same bucket. They are think we, we want to be healthy mentally and we want to be healthy physically. So there are things that we cut out right. when we think about our physical health. If I realize like I can't eat cheese because if I eat cheese, it messes up my stomach. I stop eating cheese. Right. Right. And then I do know if I decide to cheat and eat it, I got to deal with the consequences. Right. It's likewise when we deal a lot with our mental and behavioral health. You know, I know that if I'm around this person, it triggers me. It makes me feel a certain way. I don't like the way I feel when I'm around them. So I, you know what? I need to probably stop coming around them. Yeah. You know, if, if it's within my, my abilities to stop coming around them. Or I mean, maybe I need to process why and what about that interaction is going on with me so that I can better be able to work that situation out. It's those things like that. Like, like I can't have dairy milk, but you know what? I can do nut milk. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. I can't do this, but uh, okay, I can do this. I found an alternative yeah. to still get the satisfaction to still do the things that I like to do, but I just have to offer them. Yeah. It is the, it's when we start looking at the two. Yeah. As the same. It should be treated as such. Yeah. 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 I feel like just like in closing, if we were to come to a, I won't say conclusion because this is a, a forever, um, a topic, you know, that, can go on and on but if I was to think of just a way to maybe put minds at ease you know of for the people who have dealt with someone that maybe has taken their lives or for the people thinking of it or um for you, the therapist, you know, on the other side of that conversation, um, I would say grant grace on all sides. You know, that would be my um, my thought on it is that everybody that's involved, whether it's the family members that have to pick up the pieces, whether it's the person, um, your view of the person who has taken their life and, you know, maybe all the people who feel guilty along the way, who didn't take the phone call, who didn't have that conversation, who didn't tell them they love them and, you know, all of that, I would say grace, give yourself grace. It's a layered thing. It's not a, black and white things not a cut and dry thing it's layered you know because there's so many different um uh, so many different paths i would say 
to it because mental health is so broad in its in its uh in its uh impact you know it's very broad and it can be from uh, the smallest to the most you know just heinous <laughs> uh uh heinous destruction on a person in their mind their family they'll spin a freaking tornado through a family you know and then you know you may have some that you know if you're surrounded by people who understand or people who get it and they can cover you and they can you know if they've you know walked through it themselves they know how to speak to certain things that's why it's important to have therapists and it's important to even listen in on platforms like this because you gain tools that when you see something, you can be like, huh, you know, because now your your consciousness is raised to it. But the only way your consciousness can be raised to it is to have a talk and converse about it and not act like the platform is not uh, on your live and it doesn't say suicide, <laughs> a much needed conversation when you could, when you come across it. It's because we already innately retreat because we don't want to deal even just with our own stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I would say, man, just grace. Give everybody grace, you know, on every side. The family side, the person who's, you know, who's taking their life um, side. It's like, yeah, you know, you feel like, gosh, you know, it sucks, but it's like they're with the father. You know what I mean? It's like, I would, you know, you would hope and pray that they are believers, you know, and they believe that Jesus is real and they were, you know, wanting to get there. <laughs> um, and uh, so that you don't and thereby carry that on yourself because that's traumatic for you. And that's something that you not decide to carry. You can't do it. It's, it's impossible. It's impossible. We try. We try to do it. And every time... We're always reminded we can't do it. So grace, don't carry that trauma. Get talk to somebody, you know, about it. If you're dealing with it, if you're thinking about it, if you know somebody who's, we can't do this without each other. Like legit, we just can't. We can't do it without each other. And if we are, we're doing each other a disservice, and. I can't live with that. I just can't. So this platform was created for that, you know, that purpose because I just don't feel right. As you know, I, like as as a believer connected to the Father and have walked through the most darkest time of my life that I have such a compassion in this area. I cannot not talk about it, <laughs> even though I would really mm -hmm. like to, you know, just not say anything because, you know, it feel it seems easier that way. But if I don't, then I carry that. Yep. I will not do that. I can't. That's too much. That's too much. That's too much. Um. Uh, Kaya says, please pray for children that suffer from parents with mental health issues. Man, 
my six-year-old uh, angelic grandson's life was tragically taken by the hand of his mother. Hmm. She shot him to death, also herself. She was very suicidal. Hmm. Man. What can we say, man? This thing is not not a black and white situation. Which is why we do have these conversations and we have this platform to one, bring awareness um, and even from the spiritual side to pray for yeah. um, individuals like Kaya who's on here. We thank you for commenting and for being present and, and all of you who are present today. Um, we thank you. This is why we do this, um, to really shed light on the realities of um, the human experience. Yeah. Um, and those realities include um, mental health, um, our mental health and it, and our need to, as best we can, keep it intact. Yeah. Um, but also be aware when it's not and give grace to Corinne's point, which I think is was beautifully stated. Um, when we don't understand, give grace um, when we experience things, even in this situation, Kai, with your um, grandchild and daughter, um, or your grandchild's mother, I don't want to assume that it's your daughter, but to to extend grace to ourselves as we feel it, mm -hmm. um, to the people who felt what they felt and did what they did, yeah. um, but it, to extend grace and to even extend grace to the process, yeah. um, because we would think that we should be further along than we are, or um, we stay stuck in a space mm -hmm. um, because it's what keeps us connected oftentimes. So even giving room and giving grace for that as well, I think just give, I think that is a great way and a great statement that Corinne made and, and really enough to take us um, out of this show to just give and extend grace throughout this entire process of life. Yeah. Like literally just the ups and downs, the ins and outs, um, and as you seek support, as you figure out what support looks like, as you figure out if you want to, you know, seek support, because many people are like, no, 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 for therapists, um, extend grace, even in those feelings, because what we're not doing is saying that you better get one or else we are saying that we highly recommend we've seen it being used, we've seen it's, it's being useful. I also, though, am aware and I do know and have and have some people in this industry who have wronged folk. So I do know there are a lot of people who are fearful of counselors yeah. and mental health support because people have taken advantage. I do know stories. I know of plenty um, of people who are, who are licensed individuals and still harm people. So give yourself grace even as you decide and figure out what's best for you because it may not. You know, as a therapist, I always say, I think everybody needs a therapist. But I know that's me and my opinions and my thoughts and my, my thoughts and opinions are not reality. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm okay um, with someone saying, you know what, that's just not for me. What I do say is to talk to someone that, you, that can help you and that, you know, because and that could be a great friend. You may just have a great friend or a great spiritual leader yeah. who can speak to you and talk to you and support you in the things that you're going through. That is the bottom line and the ultimate yeah. is to get and reach out for help and support mm -hmm. as you go through all the things that as we go through just the human experience that I think ultimately it's to extend grace to ourselves, yeah. others and our experiences. 
Yeah. I agree. It's too much to carry. We can't do it. Mm -hmm. um, she said, please do it again. I am his grandmother. Okay. Thank you all dearly. My Instagram page is dedicated to him. I trust God through it all. And, and yeah, I would... Um, I mean, God is the ultimate counselor, you know. Um, I don't know if you've, you know, been on the platform or have heard my story, but um, the I ran to the father. He was my counselor before I saw a therapist. I, you know, I he had to get me to a place to even be able to see it, for that even to be an option. <laughs> because I was like, I don't know what's happening <laughs> to me. And um, I, I'm so grateful, you know, because he's so, so very mindful. He's so very, he's so very present. He knows how to fill those areas that no one else can touch. And only he can do that. So um, before we get off, I'm just going to pray. Actually, Nazinga, can you pray um, over mm -hmm. us and... Um, and just include uh, Kaya, her family, um, and just, yeah. <laughs> I sure can. Let us pray. God, we thank you for what we've experienced on tonight. We thank you for the hearts and the lives that were impacted by tonight and will be impacted for those who came through, for those who sat here, um, for Kaya Amir, Triple Seven, God, for being here. Mm -hmm. We thank you for giving her the strength to be a part tonight and all who are a part. And God, we ask a special prayer specifically for her as she deal with the loss of her grandchild. God, you know the innermost feelings, the innermost parts. And God, if there's anyone else on this live who has experienced great loss of any kind, God, or just disruption of any kind, we know that you are a God who can fill the empty spaces. Yeah. So God, we ask that you do that right now in the name of Jesus, that you fill the empty spaces, that you give them, um, send them, you know, hope, send them a line, even if it's through this live, God, that they know and they understand that you are still there for them and that you have placed people around them like us to be there to be the light, to be whatever it is that you they need from you. So God, we ask that in the name of Jesus, that those people who come through, who may watch this later, God, that something we say will spark something in them. Something we say will change the world for the better, God. We do this for the one. We know that if we reach the one, the world will be changed. We believe that. We own that. We settle upon that. We agree upon that that you are still changing, you are still making ways, you are still healing, you are still delivering, you are still setting free, you are still being the peace that surpass all man's understanding. And so God, we sit and we rest in that and we seal this prayer knowing that's who you are, that you are the God who is the one when we need, you are there. God, even when we don't know that we need you, you are still there, you are that God, you are everywhere at all times. And so we thank you even when we don't want to hear you, you are still there. You said, behold, you stand at the door and knock. So God, we are allowing you and asking you to enter in. We know that you will, you have, and you will continue to change us for the better. It is in your son Jesus' name that we pray and seal this prayer, believing that all is well, and we will all have restful, peaceful sleep on tonight, and we will wake up in the morning, God, with a joy that surpasses all man's understanding. It is in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, gosh. I hope you guys are blessed. Um, 
it's hard to get help here in Cleveland, Ohio. The Lord is truly sustaining me. That's what he does. He's a sustainer. He'll do it. Amen, Amen guys. Uh, we love you guys so much. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for timing in or listening or taking it in. Um, we know it's a sensitive topic. Um, you know, uh, depending on, you know, what the Lord uh, puts on our hearts, we don't know, you know, we usually take it week for week uh, as far as our topics because we just want to be sensitive to what's in the uh, in the atmosphere. So um, if you guys have, you know, any things that you want discussed or, you know, that you're dealing with, you can inbox us and let us know, like, hey, can you guys touch on this? Can you talk about this? Um, and we'll be so willing to do that because this platform is for you. Um, we just want to uh, open up the lines of communication and just uh, create a safe space um, for people to feel like this is a safe place and they can come here and they can say things, you know, like uh, Kaya, you know, put in and that it be received and it be addressed and it be, um, you know, honored, you know, to, to for her to even feel, um, I guess, transparent to, to even uh, mm -hmm. that into the, uh, into the world. So um, thank you guys so much. Thank you for everybody that's, that came on and passed through. Share this. I'm going to have this um, on my page. So if you feel like somebody can benefit, um, tag them or um, I don't know if you, I don't know how to share. I guess you could probably share it in your story. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so thank you guys again. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Have a great night. Love you guys. Love y'all. Bye-bye.